Today's daf is daf Pei Beis. I'd like to begin 14 lines down from the top of Pei Aleph Omed Beis, the beginning of the story. We started the story yesterday. I want to begin from the beginning of the story. There was a person who, one of the brothers died, and the older brother who is, comes first in line to do Yibum, so he wanted to do Yibum to the uh, his, the deceased uh brother's wife. Now there happened to be two surviving brothers, an older brother and a younger brother. So boy Ahua Lemipsula The younger brother was trying to prevent the Yibum of the older brother. So he wanted to give her a get. Midra Bonan, if you give a get to a Yavama, one of the brothers give a get, no one can do Yibum. It damages the Zika, damages the bond, and Yibum cannot take place anymore. So Amar Lay, so the older brother said to the younger brother, says, my daughter, what's your thinking? Why don't you want me to do Yibum? Is it Mishum Nichsai? Is it because of the properties, the assets? It means you're afraid that if I do the Yibum, then I inherit my, the, the deceased brother's Nechosim. If I did Chalitza, then we'd split it, we'd get 50-50. Is that your reasoning? So you know what? I want to do Yibum to this lady. You worry about the assets. So, Anna Benichsi Paligna Loch. I will divide with you. I'll agree to give you 50% of the assets. So the Shiloh over here is as follows. The Shiloh is, is that this, the Shomeris Yavam, this woman, has a lien on the properties for her Ksuva. And the question is, can the uh, brother who wants to do the Yibum, can he... Or, or the two brothers together, can they do a transaction that will take 50% out of the, of the Nechassim to, and, and put them from being B'nai Chorin becoming Meshubadim now, because now they're no longer going to remain by the older brother, 50% are going to go to the younger brother. So does her lien preclude that transaction from being able to happen? So I'm Rabbi Yosef, since the Chachamim Paskind, that a um, the a, a uh, yavam is not allowed to sell properties that uh, that 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 uh, the shemeres yavam uh, has a lien on it. So avagav dezabin So therefore, if they say you can't do it, it means that even b'diyeved it doesn't work. It means that you try it, it voids the sale. So here too, the the giving the one brother to the other brother fifty percent would be a voided sale. That if he did yibum, technically he would not have to give that second fifty percent because that agreement is void. How do we know that the chacham said don't do it? See, he left a hundred mono worth of assets, even though she's only got a ksuva of one mono, the brother is precluded from selling, the Yavim is precluded from selling it, because all of the Nechosim that he's inheriting from his deceased brother, his Meshubit has a lien on it for the Ksuva, and that precludes him from doing. Now, the pos- it never said in the Brisa uh, that if you did sell, Bidiyev doesn't work, but it said Lo Yimkor, and Rabbi Yosef is de- de- defining Lo Yimkor means that even Bidiyev doesn't work, on which Abaya, the Talmud of Yosef, asked the question, So Amalei Abaya, V'chol Heichet Da'am Rabbonon Lo Yizabin, Wherever we have the Tanoim telling us, don't do something, don't sell it. You're telling me it automatically means B'diyevet, it doesn't work. Post facto, it doesn't work either. But non, we just learned the Mishnah a couple of days ago. We had a Machlokas Beis Shaman Beis Hillel. If a woman 
is an Arusa, and she gets Nechassim, Nechassim, Nechassim fall to her from her father's side of the family. And the question is, if she hasn't had Nesuin yet, can't she sell them? These are potentially Nixamalug of her husband when she does Nesuin. Does, is she able to sell them before the Nesuin? So, Meshama Omrim Timkor, she could sell the Chatchila. Beishilil Omrim Lo Simkor, she can't sell them. And Eilu Be'elu Moitim, she makram and Nasnakaim, that if she did do it before Nesuin, she sold it, it works even, it works B'diyevit. So you see that even though the Chachamim said Lo Simkor, but B'diyevit, it works. So that was the question of a machlogs between Abai and Rabbi Yosef, whether if this this transaction that the two brothers did that on the concerning the properties that have a shibud on it from the ksuva of the isha, does it work or does it or, or does it not work? So Shalchula Kameda Vichanina Bar Papi, they sent the question Shalfak Rabbi Yosef Hipatskin like Rabbi Yosef, which means that. Uh, he sided with Rabbi Yosef, saying is that that the the sale the transaction is voided. The two brothers their their agreement is voided. So Amar Abaya Atu Rabbi Chanina Bar Papi Kipi Abaya says what because he says that therefore we have to go with it. He didn't give any reasoning. Did he attach rings to it? Did he make it more palatable? Did he make it more understandable? He basically saying like Rabbi Yosef said, but I'm questioning Rabbi Yosef's ruling. He has to explain to me why Rabbi Yosef's ruling is correct and why what I'm saying is not correct. So Shalchul he sent back the reply, he's Paskin like Abaya, but he did leave the door open. He said, If Abaya can go and get another reasoning to support his ruling, then Shalchuli, send it to me, I'll think about retracting my ruling. So Nafrik Rabbi Yosef went out. And he was Ma'ayan, he investigated the matter, and he found what he thought was a supporting b'risa. To Sanya, we learned in the b'risa, Haresha Yanosha Ochiv. case was like this, is that Ruvain lent Shimon uh, $1,000. And what happened was, is that Shimon has the money to pay back Ruvain, and Ruvain dies. So, and Reuven had a wife without any children. So Shimon is now ready to do Yibum to Reuven's wife. So Shimon makes the following cheshbon. He's saying, is, why should I have to pay that thousand dollars? The fact that I am inheriting the estate, I'm inheriting the assets, because when I do Yibum to Shimon's, to, to Reuven's wife, so then I, so therefore, Technically, I'm owe, I owe myself the money because I'm taking over all of the assets that my dead brother had, and therefore one of those assets are that he had a, 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 an IOU against me that I owe him a thousand dollars. But now that I inherit, I inherit the IOU, so really I'm, 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 I would be extensively paying myself back. So that's the case. Haresha Yanosha Ba'achiv Ruvain had a a debt against he was a creditor against his brother Shimon. Umais and Ruvain died by Nir Shimon's Yavam and he left his his wife as a Shimon's Yavam for Shimon. Lo Yomar Shimon should not say Hoyal Vishani Yorish since I'm anyway going to inherit the deceased brother Hechzakti, so therefore I I I take possession of, of, of his assets and the loan, so therefore that money that I have I don't have to pay. So the Moran says like this. No, can't say that Alamot see in me Yovam the Yikach Behen Karka. We take that thousand dollars away from him 
and we purchase land with it, and who ochel peros, and he can eat the peros from that property. Now let's understand what's going on over here. What the Brizer seems to be ruling is that since the woman, the Shemeris Yovam, since she has a lien on her husband's properties. So let's just uh, let's just say that uh, her ksuva was five thousand dollars. So she has a lien of five thousand dollars on her dead husband Ruven's properties. She's owed five thousand dollars in Yerusha. Now, what will happen if, for some reason, the the properties of Ruven only come up to four thousand dollars? Technically, Shimon, Shimon, the lien is not on Shimon's properties. The lien is on on Reuven's properties. So therefore, so four thousand dollars should be a, th- a short a thousand dollars. So since she has a lien on the assets of Reuven, including in that lien on the assets of Reuven is the IOU. Means that IOU that is owed to Reuven, was owed to Reuven from Levi, is also something technically that she has a lien on it. And therefore, Levi cannot say, I can go ahead and spend this money and do what I want with it because now I become the owner of my brother's assets. Yeah, but as the owner of your brother's assets, you also have now the responsibility from those assets to pay Aksuva. So therefore, if he went and spent any of that money, we technically can get it back that he has no right to spend that thousand dollars. That thousand dollars is mashubid to the, to the Aksuva of the woman. I. So therefore, what, it, what he can do with it is it can be, you, it, he can benefit from it means he can buy karka with it and he can be get get the payros from it. But the actual asset itself cannot be sold like the rest of the assets or the rest of the land that is coming into Levi's possession from his brother's estate. Now what do we see over here? The way this seems to be set up is that we take this money away from him implies that he that we would void any transaction that you try to do with it. So it's a Kalva Homer. In this case, it wasn't even under the jurisdiction of Ruvain. It was by Levi. And still, the transaction that Levi would do, the lien of the Isha of Aksuva, is strong enough to void anything that Levi would try and do with that thousand dollars. So, Kava Chomer, where it's already in the estate, such as by the two brothers, where the estate is already, that the estate is there, that the lien of the ksuva should be able to void any transactions, the agreement of splitting it into two different uh, estates would be voided because of the lien of the Isha. That's the proof that uh, Rabbi Yosef wanted to bring from uh, from this b'risa. So, Amalei Abayas. Abayas said, who says it's such a good proof? Dilma de Tavalei Avdilei. Maybe I'll tell you like this. Maybe that this suggestion, this is only a suggestion from the Chachamim, telling him, listen, bottom line, Levi, 
you're going to, at the end of the day, have to pay five thousand dollars for the, your suva of your brother to the to the Asius, to to uh, to to the Yavama if she wants her suva some down down the line, and you might not have the money. So we're giving you a good idea that that thousand dollars, put it into land, invest in land, so that you won't get stuck not being able to pay the five thousand dollars. But maybe not that you have to go ahead and do it, and not that we would void your transactions. But this is an idea to secure the the, the amount that that you you might have to pay for the ksuva. So therefore, maybe the tavale avdele. We're just telling him what to do, what's good for him, a good idea. So if yes, you can't say that abaya. Amale tanor tani motzin. The lashon of the brisa was motzin. We we take that money away from against his will. So therefore, you take it against his will. You can't say it's just an eitzah tovat amar tavale. Abdullah, they were only doing something, or they were giving a good advice. That's not good advice. That's against his will. It means it would void his sales. He has no right to sell it. So therefore, this, Rabbi Yosef felt that this proved his point, that the lien of the Isha by Shomeris Yavam is so strong that the, any, any transactions that are being performed by the Yavam can be voided. Brayda Chumi had said, any new proofs that Rav Yosef brings, bring to me. So they sent him this proof from the Brysa that had stated that, uh, the, that the, the money he is extracted by Korch against him, and this was the Raya that wanted to be brought. So Amar Lahu, so he answered the people who tried to bring the Raya in support of Rabbi Yosef. He said to them, Hachi Amr Rabbi Yosef Bar Menyumi, Amr Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Yosef Bar Menyumi said in the name of Rabbi Nachman that we're aware of this Brisa and Zu Eina Mishnah. But this Brisa is Eina Mishnah. Eina Mishnah means that it is a faulty Brisa, that the Brisa cannot be used as a decisive for Halacha because there's something clearly mistaken with the Brisa and therefore it's lost its Halacha, its capacity to rule Halacha from it. My time, what's wrong with the Brisa that you see something inherently inconsistent with Halacha that you cannot use it as a proof? So maybe, let's go through the options. There is one thing that this Brisa seems to say that's not La Halacha. Why? Because it's Elay Mishum Da Havale Luhumataltali. Is because we're saying in this Brisa, the thousand dollars worth of cash, that the lien of the woman's ksuva can preclude him spending that thousand dollars. So you means you're telling me that the metaltali, that movables, are, uh, is, 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 has, the ksuva has a lien on movables. Vahai, the chachomim paskin, metal metaltali ksuva lo meshabdi. So therefore, that's what's wrong with the Brisa, perhaps, is that the Brisa is saying something that's incorrect. How could the ksuva, how could the, the lien of the issue for Ksuva preclude what he does with a thousand dollars. Metalin is not Meshubit, only Karka, not Metaltalin. Someone says that's not such a Kasha, because we've learned a couple of days ago that there is the opinion of a mayor, Dilmra Mayor, he to Amra Metaltalin Meshavik Suva. A mayor happens to hold himself that Metaltalin is Meshubit Ksuva. So it doesn't mean it's a mistake in the Bryce. The Bryce happens to be going like Rab Mayor. But even if the Bryce is going like Rab Mayor, even if the Halacha is that Metaltalin is not Meshubit for the Ksuva, but the point of the Bryce is, is that, the, that you can void a transaction on where there is a shibud. It happens to be, in this case, it's metaltal like Rav Meir, but then it would be karka like the Chachamim. The concept, or the, the Brisa was saying, is that the, the, the lean of the Ksuva can void the transaction of the Yavam. That's all we, could, we can need to bring from there. And you have that proof, even though it's talking about metaltal, but that's because it's going like Rav Meir. So therefore, that can't be what's wrong with the Brisa. The Brisa would seem to still be a good proof for Rav Yosef. So what's wrong with the Brisa? So thing where I'll tell you what's wrong with the Brisa. Because we have over here is that you're telling me that Levi, who is the Yavam's transaction, can be voided. He can't be spending the money because the woman can come to him and, and say to him, I want 
the thousand dollars that uh, that you owe me. Why do I want it? Because my husband owed it to me. Because I my my husband owes me my ksuva, and since you owe this money to my husband, therefore you owe me this money for my ksuva. So he says lechora that we know in halacha you have a right. If somebody's coming to claim money that you that is not is not your claimant, you can say to him la bal devarim Who are you? I don't know you. I don't owe you the money. So ela mishum da amar law at la balas devarim didiat. You are not the, the, the my litigant. You're not my claimant in this matter. And if I don't have to give you the money, that perhaps is the reason why it makes no sense. The is giving us something that clearly inherently makes no sense. That must be that this is a faulty brisa. It wasn't one of the brises edited by Rabbi Oshia or Rabbi Chia. Because if it does, how could it make sense? The, the lady should be able to say to what you want my thousand dollars. I didn't owe you the thousand dollars. I owed your husband the thousand dollars. He's dead. I don't have to pay you. So Gemara says that's not such a good taina either because there is what's called shibuta derabnosan. Shibuta derabnosan. We're going to see derabnosan based it on a pasuk that that the concept is like this that if. If, if, uh, B owes A money, and C owes B money, that A, if, he, if B can't, does not have the money, A can go straight to C, and he can say, okay, the money that you owed B, since B owes me, so I can collect straight, A can collect straight from C. That's called Shibuta Dravnosan. And that's a concept that works. That, uh, that, that, that halachically a contra of works. So here there'll be the same thing. Is that the woman says to the, to the, to, to Levi, he said, listen, that Reuven owed me money. You owed Reuven money. So I can come straight to you. That's Shibut Rav Nossin. So it's nothing wrong. It's not a faulty bride. So that happens to be the dinner, contra of Nossin. So he says that, that, that's not the, that, so therefore to say, la balas devarim de diat, alchor adilma Rav Nossin, maybe it's going like Rav Nossin, desanya, we learned in a bride, Rav Nossin, aimer, Rav Nossin said, how do we know if uh, uh, Ruvain uh, is a creditor for Shimon? It means Shimon owes Ruvain a, a, a mono. And then Shimon is the claimant against Levi. It means Levi owes Shimon a, a, a mono. How do we know? How do we know we can take it away from Levi and give it directly to Ruvain bypassing Shimon, Talmud Lamer, because the Pesach says, V'nos l'asher asham loy. Pesach in Vayikra teaches us that if somebody steals from a person and swears falsely that he never stole, so he has to pay a keren, he has to chomesh, and then he has to pay back, l'asher asham lo, l'asher asham lo, means to the person to whom he is guilty. The one who owes the money has to give it. Now, based on the strange lotion, you're saying because the one who owes the money, you don't use the expression of l'asher asham lo to one who owes the money, to the one who is guilty. It's not an expression that's generally used. So therefore, what do we learn from that expression? The word asham means principle also. It means principle. The, 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 so he has to give it to the one whom he owns the principle. Why is the Torah using expression? Shrab Nelson says, I'll tell you why. Because it's telling you that not always do you have to pay to the person who you owe, but you can pay to the person who owns the principle, means the person that means that C can be required to give it to A, because since B owes A, so therefore the principle of the money that he owes really is owed, owed to A, so then C can, uh, can be required to bypass B and give it directly to A. That's what we learned from Asher Asham Lo. It's the one who actually owns, who, uh, it's the debtor's debtor, the one who actually owns the, the principle. So Tom Lo, Asham Asham Lo. Okay. So the point is like this. So then you can't say that the bride is faulty because it's going like, because, because how could she reclaim it directly from Levi if Levi could turn around and say to, I don't owe you the money because using this, the, 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 the stringency of Rav Nosson, using that, 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 that koach of Shibuti Rav Nosson. So I'll tell you like this. I'll tell you the reason why 
felt that this brisa, um, or he brought in the name of Rav Nachman, that this brisa is faulty and is not a valid brisa, is because the brisa requires us to, in order to make it to make it valid, that there are two stringencies. Number one, you have to be going with the opinion of Rav Meir that Aksuva is meshubit to metaltalin. And number two, you have to go that that I'm sorry, and Meshubit to Aksuva. And number two, you have to say that the stringency of Rav Nosson of Shibudid Rav Nosson applies over here as well. And what the Gemara is going to say, the way Rashi explains it, is that since the whole concept of Ksuva is only mid Rabbanon, on a din de Rabbanon, they would not have put both of those Chumras, those two stringencies of Rameir's stringency and Rav Nosson's stringency, that on Ksuva would not exist. It's either one or the other. And therefore, clearly, whoever taught this Bryce is something that he didn't get by Mesora from his Rebellion, it's something he made up on his own, and therefore it's a faulty Bryce, and therefore cannot be used in support of the ruling of Rav Yosef. That's what the Gemara is going to say. We can not find any Tana to that holds that by, they go with two stringencies, with two minority opinions of a Chumra in the case of Ksuv, which is only Dindra Bonan. The Ella, either you go like Rabbi Meir, or either you go like Rabbi Nelson, but you can't hold of both. So Amar Rava, Im Kain, Hainu de Shamir Abaya de Amar Zuena Mishnah. He says, Now I understand that Abaya would be said before that this is not a sin. I would hear him was saying occasionally that this Bryce is really not a good Raya. And I never understood what's wrong, what's wrong with this Bryce, that ain't a Mishnah, that it's not a Mishnah that should be taught. What was wrong with it? Now I understand what it is. I didn't know what he was saying, but now I understand because that's what Abaya was saying. But anyway, the point is, we still have this Machlok between Abaya and Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef thought he had a raya. Abaya doesn't agree with the raya. The price that he brought is not a valid raya. What is the halacha? That is still left un, uh, 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 not clarified. Rabbi Yosef, in the case of the two brothers, ruled in the case of Pumpadisa that the transaction was voided and the older brother uh, owns the entire estate. The Gemara brings down that there was a uh, subsequently another situation that happened in the city of Masa Mechasia that was similar to the situation that happened in Pumpadisa. Hahu same exact case that a Yavama fell to an older brother. One brother died and the older brother wanted to do Yibum. The younger brother wanted to disqualify the Yibum, forcing Chalitza by giving her a get. So Amale, the older brother said to the younger brother, my daughter, what, is your, what, what are you thinking? If you're worried about the properties that I'm going to inherit from the dead brother, I will be willing to divide the properties with you. So Amale, the younger brother turned around. He already saw what happened in Pompadisa. So he says, the he says, I'm afraid you're going to do to me like the Ramoyim, like the Ramoyim, like the, um, the, the uh, trickster in Pumpadisa did. Now, the Roshonim speak out of here. What do you mean the trickster? It was Rabbi Yosef avoided the sale. So Morris says, really what happened over there is that the, the older brother could have turned over half of the, uh, wanted, uh, and, and refused to do it, and, and, and then it went to the case of Rabbi Yosef. See, he really backed out even before it came to Pesachar Rabbi Yosef. That's why I seen the trickster in, 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 um, in, in Pumpadisa. But anyway... <laughs> So Amar Lay, so he said, you know what, and this is the way the Mephorshim explained, is that they thought that the reason why it didn't work, maybe the reason why it didn't work is because they tried to make a Kenyan to take hold before the Yibum had happened. And before the Yibum had happened, maybe the older brother doesn't really have control over the assets as much. 
So therefore, he said like this. So Amalei Iboi, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll do. I'll divide it with you. Paligla Mahashta, that it should be something that that will make the uh, Kenyan now that'll take place after the Yibum retroactively from the Kenyan right now. And therefore, that's that's how we will do it. But it will it will the the actual halos of the Kenyan will be delayed until the actual Yibum. They thought that that might make it work. The truth is that that doesn't make it work either. Like we like if you hold like Rabbi Yosef, because it still could be void. But they thought maybe that he thought I'm, hell, I, I'm giving you the mechanics of how to make it work by not making it work not, right now. Let it work for after the Yibum. So Amar Marav Ashi Afal Gav Dechi Oser Avdimi Amar Yochanan. Even though we find that you could normally delay a Kenyan, really a Kenyan now, that the Chalos should work for a later time, even though Rabbi Yochanan said, You can say to somebody, do Mashiach, the, the seller of the cow says to the buyer of the cow, do Mashiach, pull the cow, which is an act of Kenyan, but the Kenyan won't be Chal, only for 30 days time, so you can make a delayed Kenyan, but and, and therefore, and after 30 days, the Kenyan will go through the transaction can be executed even if the cow at that point is in a swamp it's in no man's land it's no longer in the house of the purchaser it still acquires but the reason why why does the, is it an executable transaction because there in that case the buyer could have purchased it right now the seller could have sold it to him and the buyer could have purchased it today so therefore you have a right something can be done today you can delay it for 30 days but in the case over here even if they try and make a delay Delayed until after the Yibum, it still won't work because it can't work today. If it can't work today, then it can't work within, in a delayed fashion either. So that really, that mechanics would not have helped any better. So I think more like this, just questioning that Rabbi Yochanan really say you could make a delayed Kenyan. He said in the case of the cow, if you make a delayed Kenyan, it doesn't work. Tomorrow so says that it depends how you make a delayed Kenyan in the case of the cow. What's key in order for it to work, where it can work, is you have to say there still has to be the Kenyan, the, 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 it has to retroactively from the time of the Kenyan. You have to join the Kenyan to the, 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 the uh, Mechanics of the Kenyan have to uh, come together with the time of when it's going to be executed. So therefore, if you want it to be delayed in 30 days, it only works if you say, and retroactively it'll go back till now. If you use the word Mahashta, then it works. But by, by Yibum, even if you use the word Mahashta, it won't work, because since it can't work now, you can't make it work for then retroactively till now either. Anyway, the point is that, it, that the Gemara, this, this, this ruling that is being, uh, Marbarev of Ashi supporting the ruling of Rabbi Yosef is that they don't have the right, even Bidiyeva, to make such a Kenyan. So, Barminei, uh, Mi'ula. So the, the, uh, they asked Ula, the Bnei Shiva asked Ula Shaila, uh, I understand that before the Yibum, he cannot give away 50% of it. But what about if he wants to divide it after the Yibum? So he says also, doesn't work. Again, the lien works, the lien stops, avoids the sale, even when the uh, brother has, uh, has, has done the yibum and now owns 100% of it, he still can't give away 50%. What would be the din if 
He divided first, and then he did the yibum. So he said, loss of leklum. Also, nothing helps. It doesn't work. So Gemara says the order of the shiloh. Then they had two shilohs. First one is even after yibum, you can't give it away. So if you can't give it away after yibum, for sure you can't give it away before yibum. So what do you have to tell me both rulings? So mazgalir rav sheishes hashta yibum va'achachilek lo asav leklum. Now, if you see that you did the yibum first. And then you divide, when you control 100% of it, you still can't give away 50% because the shibud of the ksuva prevents you from doing it. So then chilek, so divide before the yib, what's the need to tell me that? So when it's shnei actually these two rulings were not saying, said consecutively. There happened to be two different occasions that these situations happened. They actually did happen. One case was a yib, one was a chilek, and we're just recording the results of those two situations together, but they were not said, they were said independently of one another, just when they edited the Gemara, they put them together. Kiyasi, Ravin Amresh Lakish, he also ruled like Rabbi Yosef, said, Ben Yibim Vachar Chilek, Ben Chilek Vachar Yibim, Laos of Alek Klum. For Hilchasa, and that's the Allah Chalamaisa, Laos of Alek Klum, that the Shibud of the Isha, and specifically in the case of the Yibim, either by Eris, by, by Shemes Yavam, or even after Nesuin, that it would not work, you could not give away 50% of the... Uh, 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 of the Nechassim, because she's mesh, it's Meshubit to her, and the Chachamim, in the case, specifically in the case of Yibum, did not allow those Nechassim to leave the, uh, the Yavam's, uh, Rishus. Again, this is property, not his own property, property that he got from the deceased brother. Let's go weiter. Now, the one is about to ask a very strong question. We had a machlokas between Rab Meir and the Chachamim. According to Rab Meir, he holds that a, a metaltalin, as we said before, that movable objects are meshubed, the aksuba can put a lien on movable objects as well. And therefore, if the deceased brother, who is, is his assets, that are going to become meshubit for the ksuva, that are meshubit for the ksuva, so that when the, lie, when the surviving brother does the yibum, it ends up that he has to pay the ksuva from the assets of the deceased brother. So according to the mayor, if, uh, let's say, Ruvain dies, and he leaves land, and he also has produce, he's got piled up apples, piled up wheat, grain, so all of those assets are meshubit to the ksuva, because metalatul meshubit to the ksuva. Chachamim said, is that no, only karka is meshubit to the ksuva. The metaltalin that the surviving brother inherits, he can do what he wants with, because it's not meshubit to the ksuva. It does not become metaltalin and not meshubit to the ksuva. He considers that he owns it, he can do what he wants with it. Fine. Now, the next ruling in the mission is what we're going to be questioning on. What about if there are payrolls attached to the karka? So if there are payrolls attached to the karka, again, Rav Meir took the position that those payrolls attached to the karka are meshubed to the ksuva. Now, that makes sense. Even if you hold that metaltin are not meshubed to the karka is because... If it's attached to the ground, it really should not have a status of metaltalin anymore. It should be considered like karka. So therefore, if we consider like karka, how could the Chachamim rule in the Mishnah in that case is that it says that if the, was, um, there was peros connected to the ground, that it brought, belongs outright to the, to the, uh, to the husband, 
it's, it should be like karka, it should be meshubit to the isha. So the Metric Mora's question over here. So Frek the Gemara Ma'iv Hakol Nechasav Achroin Verkoin Luxvazor. All of the real estate that the brother has are considered to be uh, pledged and secured for the Ksuva. So how could it be Harei Shalos? Says our Ishlakish. I'm Ishlakish. We have a mistake in the Mishnah. You have to change the wording. Instead of saying Harei Shalos, actually it should say Harei Shalos. Tni It is meshubit to her Ksuva. Kansa Harei Hikeishto. The Mishnah says that when the Yavam marries the Yavama, he does Yibum, she's considered completely like his wife. Concerning what halochas is she considered like his wife? So Igmar says that there's going to be two specific novelties over here, and we're going to discuss them both. Igmar says, So one is, One is that once he does Yibum, then she's like his wife, and in order to uh, separate from her now, no longer you chalitza, you do a get. And the second thing is that even if he did divorce her after the Yibum, Machzirah can take her back. He unless he's not a, a, he's not a Kohen, he can take her back as his wife. So Gemara says like this, let's understand what's the novelty of those two things. Magar get that he can divorce her using a get, Pshita, why would you think otherwise? So Gemara says, Ma'u the same, if you take a look at the Posseg that discusses the laws of Yibum, says that Losia Ish Aisha Sameh Sachutzul Ishdar that she cannot marry who she wants unless it's Yibum Chalitza. It says Yavama Yava Aleya that the Yavama will do Yibum to her, Belaka Lola Isha and he will take her as a wife, the Yibma. And he will do Yibum. So that Yibma at the end of the Pasuk, you could say means that she's considered still a state of a Yavama. And as a Yavama, we said that the way you have to break the bond of the Yavama is with, with Chalitza. So maybe even after he does Yibum, you still need Chalitza to break any bond if you don't want to be with her anymore. Not get like a regular woman. So therefore you have to tell me the Chiddush is that no, that you have to, that, it's, that, that the, the focus is on the, the, uh, the words before. But Lachalele Isha, that it's like a regular woman, you don't need Chalitza, you need Yibum. That's what it says. Ma'ud the same. But since it says the end of the pasuk, v'yibmo, Amarachmon. That's what Kodesh Baruch said. V'yibmo. So therefore, Adain Yivum Merishoni Maleo, and she is still has on her that she might still have on her the status of a Yavama. Therefore, lo sizgilei beget. It's not sufficient to do the get. You maybe the chalitza. You need chalitza. Kamash Malan comes to teach me that your chalitza is not effective. You don't chalitza doesn't work at all. You need to only have a get. What was the second ruling? That if you did divorce her, mach zero, you can take her back. Why would I think that there's no din anymore by your vomit that you did give him to? Tomorrow says like this. We'll say it outside and we'll read it inside. Is that the din really of Yevama is a big chiddush because she really should have a chiv chorus being your, her, your, she's your sister-in-law. It's Aisha's achiv. However, the Torah takes off the prohibition of Aisha's achiv and I mean, when there's a din yibum and allows you to marry her. So you might have thought that's only when you got her through a marriage which was the mitzvah of yibum. But now to be machzer her, maybe the isra Aisha's achiv kicks back and you're not allowed to take her back. So ma'od the same mitzvah the Ramarachman abdo that when you did the mitzvah on you of yibum, you did it fine. Took off the aver. But hashta now to take her back, there's no mitzvah of yibum anymore. Take her malay maybe she comes back the isra of Aisha's achiv and you're not allowed to marry her anymore. 
So Kamash Malan tells you no, that it does not come back, that once that mitzvah, the Isra goes off, it goes off in, uh, entirely. So says the Gemara of Eimach, how do you know? Maybe Taket should come back. Amar Krog, again, we focus on the words, that when you've done Yibum, she becomes Le'isha, she becomes completely your wife. The Gemara Yivamas deals with the Yibma at the end of the Pasuk, what does it, we do with that extra word, but the point is the focus here, she becomes considered like a regular Eishas Ish, and there's Din and Mach so there's no problem, and Isra of Eishas Achim has fallen away. Zog the Gemara Vaita. So we said that is that when you do Yibum, she's considered like your wife completely, except the only difference is that you don't pay out of your own Nechosim, the Ksuva. The Ksuva is only paid from the inherited Nechosim of the deceased brother. That's what we had said. Frankly, we're on my time. What's the reason? Why should you not have to pay ksuva from your own assets. So when I said, I'll tell you why. Because in a woman that you marry under your own volition, so you have an obligation to give your own assets to it. Here it's Shemayim are saying, marry this woman. Shemayim are saying, do the Yibam. Since it's been Shemayim, so it's only on the assets you take in your brother's place. It's only on his assets that you're getting. It's not on your own assets. However, the Gemara says that let's say their dead brother did not leave enough assets to cover the ksuva, something happened, there was a, a flood or something, there's no more assets that can cover, then Israel Misheni, then the Yavam is required to use his own assets to pay. Why? Because there is a concept of ksuva, that one of the main reasons why we have ksuva is that Bnos Yisrael should not be easy to just divorce. A person should realize you can't just play games, divorce, not divorce, it's going to hurt you to divorce financially, therefore if there's not enough assets to cover from the dead brother, then you have to pay from your own. It should not be easy in his eyes to divorce her. Let's go weiter. Say the Mishnah. We said that by your Shomeres Yavam, that when you do the Yibum, so let's say you do the Yibum. Now what happens is like this. The case we had is you did the Yibum and now you have a, uh, you have a Ksuva of the dead brother. Ksuva, let's say, was a thousand dollars. He left a hundred thousand dollars worth of assets, with worth of assets. You're, Stuck now that you cannot sell the nine hundred thousand. Uh, I said by Shomer's Yavam, it's even more. You can't. That doesn't even work with yet, but you can't sell it. So you can't say to the woman, you can't force her and say, you know what? I want you to remove that lien. I'm going to put aside a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, but free up the ninety thousand dollars for me. You cannot go ahead and do it, Lo Yom. And then it said Vechain, and so too, even in a regular case of marriage, forget about a Shomer's Yavam, a regular Yibum case. That if you had properties of a hundred thousand dollars and you gave your wife a ten thousand dollar ksuva that you are committing, you cannot ask her to remove the lien on the ninety thousand. Even though here the halach is a little different, because here bidiyevid, if you did sell it, it works. Except the lien transfers to the properties. Except that it doesn't. People aren't going to want to buy a property, so it's going to be valued less because there's an existing lien from the ksuva. You cannot force her to remove the lien. So that's what we said. So just as by Shemeris Yavam you can't for by the Yavama you cannot force it to remove the lien from the assets. So to by regular Ashes you cannot force her to remove the assets. So Gemara says like this, why do we have to 
write that. It says, by Yavama you can't do it. V'chein, you can't do it by a regular Isha. My V'chein, why did you have to tell me that? Why would I think that it's any different? You can't force a regular woman to do, uh, a, a, a Yavama to do it. So why, so that, I understand you. That's something you don't have a right to force. So why would I think that a regular wife, you could force her to accept, as long as you've left a significant, a sufficient amount of money, that the lien should go off on the rest of the assets. So I'll tell you like this. Ma'u the same, in a case of a, a, a regular uh, wife, when you write the ksuva, you write the following wording in the ksuva, that the lien of the ksuva is on any asset that I already purchased or that I will purchase. It means there's a tremendous amount of security here. She knows that even if there's future purchases that the husband does, that those lands will also become uh, leaned, there will be a lien on them for the ksuva. They'll be secured by for the ksuva. So you might think like this, that when did Chachamim say you cannot force a woman to remove a lien? That's by a Yavama, because by a Yavama, the only thing you have to give is the land of your brother. The lien is not transferred over to your properties. And therefore, anything you buy in the future will not get a lien on it too. So you might, there specifically, women, they would say women are going to be nervous about the security of their ksuva. So I understand there you cannot force her to remove the lien. However, by a regular HSH, she's most comfortable, she feels more secure because she knows that not only on things that you sell, but things you buy, not only things that you have, but things that you'll buy later also automatically get the lien. So therefore, in such a case, you might think that the Chomim said, as long as you leave sufficient amount to cover the ksuva, you can get, you can force her to remove the lien, relinquish the lien on the other assets. So that's why I have to say that that's not true. The chain, in both cases, not only by Yobama, but even by a regular woman, the lien will not go off. You cannot force her. We have, you might be able to get a pizza to do it, but you cannot force her to remove the lien from the assets. So, who, only in the case of Yavama, with the low cost of law, kanoi v'kanino, that that, that I purchased, and that which, that, that which I had purchased, and that which I will purchase, had become a lien on it. By a regular woman, when you do write those words, the cost of law, kanoi v'kanino, so then, she feels more secure, and therefore, she would be, uh, you can force her to remove the lien it means basically you don't have to ask her because we can assume she doesn't she's not going to feel insecure by removing the lien from some of the assets Kamash Molan and even in those cases you cannot go ahead and do it now we said Garsha Einla Elek we said that if you do Yibum and then you divorce her so then it says that the only thing she collects is is her Ksuva now what does that mean it means that if you divorce her she collects whatever her Ksuva was she doesn't get anything additional from the husband that did you, only what the ksuva was. But the Gemara seems to say that's, that's really information that is unnecessary. So the, it must be here to tell us the inference is that once you divorce her, she can only hold you uh, accountable for the value of the ksuva. But once you've given her the value of the ksuva, garsha in, that if you divorce her, then she receives a ksuva. And then you, and, and, and then the, that relinquishes the lien from the rest of the state, the estate. Which infers though, lo garsha, that as long as you haven't divorced her, lo, then the lien cannot be removed from the rest of the estate. Now, this is a case by Shomer's Yav, means even Bediyevet, you cannot remove the lien from that suva. Kamash Malan Kiribaba, which supports with Rababa, because Rababa said that the only way a Yavim can sell the, uh, the properties is by 
by divorcing her. So that's coming out. We said only if you divorce her can you remove the lien. There's no other way to really remove the lien without divorcing her. That was the uh, that's what it's, the 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 wording here tells us. It says that if you bring her back, she's like all the women. However, if you did not pay her out the ksuva, so then whatever the ksuva that the first brother had follows her back for the second marriage as well. If you didn't pay her out. If you paid her out, obviously you have to write a new ksuva. But if you didn't pay her out, then there's the ksuva that comes back is the ksuva only again from the original nechassim of the dead brother. So it's more like this. What's the Chiddush of telling me that if you bring a woman back without having paid her without paying out the Ksuva and without discussing a new Ksuva then whatever the Ksuva was is now can, continues on in the second marriage. That's the Mishnah by all women is like that. Tanina. HaMegarish is Aisha. A person divorces a wife of and you bring her back. The assumption is that it's based on the first Ksuva. If no Ksuva was paid out and no discussion was made about the Ksuva we just whatever that Ksuva was now carries through to the second marriage as well. Well, so if that's the case by a regular woman, why wouldn't that be a case by Maxagushosa by Shamaris Yavam by the Yavama? Why would you need to tell me that uh, that, that, that din, which really is a din that applies, that whatever the first ksuva was, without any new discussion, that's what the second the marriage is going to, the ksuva becomes the same ksuva for the second marriage. So I'll tell you like this, is that the one is going to say as follows, is that by a regular woman, you wrote the first ksuva to her. That was your doing, you wrote that ksuva, and it was your assets, and then you divorce her, you want to remarry her without any discussion. The fact that no discussion is, the assumption is, whatever you agreed to give her the first time, you're going to give her the second time. However, by Shemeris, by Yavama, you did not agree to what her ksuva should be the first time. That ksuva was your brother's ksuva. Therefore, now that you remarry her, you might think that what, would, what should happen that now that you've remarried her a second time, so the first time we understood why, your, why the ksuba wasn't tied to your assets because it wasn't your marriage. But now it is your marriage. So now maybe the, 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 the bandwidth of the lien expands to even your own assets now because now it is your own volition. Now it is, you can't say anymore, Mishamayim Hiknelo, you're being Masakushoso. So the Kiddush is that still it's only limited to the first brother's assets, not yours. Whatever applied the first time applies the second time and it does not expand. So Mao the same Ishtahu in the case of your own wife, the Iukasiv Laksuvamine, where where regular wife you wrote the Ksuva the first time, and therefore that that Ksuva applies with the second marriage as well. Avliavimta the law Iukasivla where you did not write that Ksuva. It was Mishamayim Hiknalo and we said therefore the Ksuva is only on the first assets. But Hecha the Garshava Hadra Ema Ksuva Ema Ksuva so you might think now that the ksuva should be able to be collected not only from the dead brother's assets but from yours as well because this is your marriage now Kamash Malan it's still only secured by the original the original estate and not by the new estate of the second brother let's go on Amar of Yehuda originally there was no lien by Iksuva. The, the, they, they, the uh, husbands had a right to say, I'm going to give you a hundred, I'm going to give you two hundred, and not securing any of the properties for the, the Iksuva. So what happened was, women didn't want to get married because they were saying, I'm not going to have any security, financial security, if the marriage terminates. So, that the men would grow old without getting married. So, so Shimon Shadok came along, and he established that call in, in the verbiage of the Iksuva should be called next 
that automatically all of the husband's assets uh, in Karko and Ramea Metalplin are pledged to the Ksuva and therefore women felt more secure and then they agreed to get married. Tanya Miachi, the Brahsa explains, it just expands the process a little more. It's very shown how you call the Musulam Sai Balamana Mana, the one who writes Suva two hundred and for Almana one hundred. And Nashim, since it was not secured with other assets, so therefore the they the men would get old and they never got married. See Skinu, so the the stage two was she they said, you know what? So the woman should be nervous about getting paid back. Is what they should they did is they took the money, the one hundred or the two hundred, and they put it in their father's house. In the, the the woman's parents' house, that's where they kept the money, so she knew it would always be there. The problem is now that since it's already out of the house of the husband and he has no benefit from it, it didn't stop him. He got upset at her. He would divorce her because he had, like he felt already lost the money. So Adan Kishukos then still wouldn't help because when they got angry, go to Yuxula, go to your father, and then I'm, get, I'm, I'm divorcing you. So I said, okay, fine, leave it at the father-in-law. Her father-in-law means the husband's house. They used to live by the by his parents. So he used to say, we'll leave it now, the money there, but we'll purchase something of a personal property, something that gets usage by the husband, so he doesn't want to get part with it. So Ashiros Osos, Osa, Kalsa, Shalkesa, The wealthy woman had a greater, a bigger ksuva. They would make uh, baskets that would be used for fruit and all kinds of things, um, from gold and silver, and it would be used in the husband's house. And Aniyos Hayu Osos, Osan, Avishal Meiraglaim. Rashi has the Girasiyatosis, doesn't it shouldn't be Aramiraglan. But Ajilan means they used to make out from a, a urinal and also something used by the husband. But since it belongs to the woman in terms of its value, but it's used by the husband, so maybe he wouldn't want to get divorced and lose it. But it didn't help because Adan Kashikos when he got angry, take Yuksuva and leave. So Ajabashiman Manshatak and said, you know what? There's no money put aside, there's no items put aside, there's a lien on the land. That all of the possessions have a are, are, have, have a lien on it for the ksuva, and that already the husband would have to take a second thought. I'm going to end up losing a piece of property, and therefore that would be And this way would preserve. And even when he gets angry, he wouldn't right away divorce her. And this way the marriages were preserved. Gentlemen, have a good day.